Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for checking out this podcast. Remember, it's presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. If you're looking for tickets for an upcoming game or event at TCF Bank Stadium, Target Center, or XL Center, visit TicketKingOnline.com or the link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. Ticket King has all your tickets for hockey and basketball, plus all the concerts, all the theaters, and at all venues. And Ticket King can take care of you for out-of-town concerts, sporting events, and more. Call 612-341-4141 or visit TicketKingOnline.com. Hey, this is Andrew Kramer. Thanks for checking out another Purple Podcast. Today we talk about Alex Boone, the new Vikings free agent catch uh, along the offensive line. Talk to him on a conference call. We'll share a little bit about him. Uh, Then we get into the Vikings free agent uh, losses, who they might lose between Matt Asiata, Marcus Sherrills, Red Ellison, and how that will impact them. Then we end by discussing the Vikings and Packers' similar yet somewhat different free agency approaches. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Go get that first down, then get a touchdown, rock em, suck em. Welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer. I'm joined by ESPN.com's Ben Gessling on a second special edition. This is uh, the second podcast Ben we've done together in 72 hours now, free agent edition. Yeah, it's like uh, a very special blossom. You're too young to remember that reference, but it was a show in the early 90s. Way over my head. Tonight, I'm a very special blossom. Ah, I'll have to look that up or uh, just be laughed at by all of the listeners because I have no idea what you're talking about. What I hopefully know what I'm talking about is the Minnesota Vikings addressing uh, some of their needs in free agency. We talked with Alex Boone on a conference call, their new four-year $26.8 million guard who's going to come in and help their weakest position group. Uh, He really is, I think, just missing the axe of being Paul Bunyan of the Midwest. Uh, He seems to really fit that style. Ben, we spoke to him yesterday on that conference call. Uh, What were your first impressions of him coming in here? Well, my first impressions are that he's going to be fun to cover. I mean, he certainly has a little more panache, a little more character than a lot of guys in that locker room. It's a good locker room to deal with, yeah, but it is. there aren't a lot of guys that kind of leave you on your toes about what they might say. Yeah, really Captain Marlin. I mean, I'm trying to yeah. think of other ones. Maybe Brian Robinson, guys like that. Yeah, but he, by, by NFL standards, yeah. even those guys probably don't move the needle all that much. To have a guy that's like that would give you a quote like, yeah, I'd probably punch Clay Matthews in the face. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, that kind of thing. And I was ta- just talking to um, Mackie and Murph about this, too. It's like, 
Vikings fans, we could talk about passive aggressive, Minnesota nice, you know, stay in your lane, don't make waves. They love that stuff with at least with Vikings fans. Well, especially if they want to punch a Packer in the face, right? Especially a long-haired man like Clay. Matthews. Yeah, I mean, if you are a guy that, that tells it like it is, yeah. and I'm going to drop curse words and chew tobacco. I mean, that's why people like Mike Zimmer in a lot of well, ways. Well, Steve Hutchinson was kind of that oh, way, yeah. wasn't he as well? Yes, yeah. very much so. And he was so, received with open arms, and I think in a similar way, this guy yeah, will be. I, and I think. You know, that's a good way to win the press conference. I mean, I know it's something he said a few years ago, and he kind of backed away from it yesterday. But just, I mean, there's enough there talking about, I I was born to play in the NFC North. It's the nastiest division in football. I hope we have a lot of cold-weather games on the road. Um, Yeah, I I think he's going to be fun to cover. But I also think that some of that nastiness has been sorely missing from this line. If you have somebody over on that side that can probably light a little bit of a fire under Matt Khalil and... Yeah, personality-wise, right? Yeah, just prod him a little bit. I mean, somebody that can sort of say, okay, hey, you know, let's go here. I mean, somebody that's just going to kind of get a little bit of the Southern California out of Matt Khalil, maybe get his (laughs) dander up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I agree with you completely, and I think when you looked at uh, Matt Khalil a little bit, you kind of thought maybe at times he was a little passive with his play, and maybe you're right, bringing a guy like Alex Boone could get that out of him. Now, Boone is an Ohio native, went to Ohio State. He was a highly coveted, uh, just from what I've read, a highly coveted prospect coming out of high school, Yeah. Um, and he had some troubles in college, uh, a drinking issue that you can just read a lot about that led to two arrests in college, one just before the combine. So I say this to add that I think the Vikings are getting him at the right time, and that in his career, he's 28 years old. Uh, he's obviously got a lot of football left in him. Um, he only started for four years in San Francisco, so there's not that much wear and tear on him. And he's a very talented guy. Six foot eight is a huge guard. Yeah, he is. Is. is it not? Where I think he's uh, matching Phil Lothol for the tallest lineman. And now you're going to bring in that size, which they covet, and that personality, as you said, which yeah. was really missing overall from this line. As good as Joe Berger played last year, as good as Mike Harris played last year, I mean, that's what you want to see, and that's what Mike Zimmer's constantly brought up, is they wanted to see more fight, more of a mean streak from these guys and at times last year they were pushed around too much and I don't think Alex Boone uh, will be getting pushed around I think he'll be doing a lot of the push yeah I thought that the quote he had yesterday when he was talking about Clay Matthews you know between the lines it's all violence and we play till the whistle or maybe the echo of the whistle maybe the like, echo of the final whistle yeah okay <laughs> I mean but yeah there, there's something about that attitude that hasn't been there mm-hmm. and I think they've had lines that have played well but when they were really good is when you had Fusco and Lodhole on the right side pushing people around. And I think especially in a running game now that's less of the zone stuff, it's more power stuff, you want a guy that can do a little bit more of that. And we saw it. I mean, he probably had his best night of the season. The 49ers as a whole had their best night of the season against the Vikings in week one when they ran all over him. So that probably left an impression in people's minds. I'm sure Tony Sperano had I mean I, I, Alex Boone said yesterday that they didn't work together a lot in San Francisco, but I think Tony Sperano being able to vouch for the guy probably made a difference. And yeah, he just brings a lot of what they were looking for for this group. And you know I, I don't I'm not here to say that he's going to be Steve Hutchinson that he's going to be this All Pro player every year, but. I do think it's a good signing for the line, and I, th- I think it brings a lot of things they need. You bring up a good point, too. When uh, Carlos Hyde ran for a career high against the Vikings in Week 1, Alex Boone was obviously their starting left guard and pushing a lot of the Vikings around. You look at some of the last moves in free agency, uh, Mike Wallace is one that comes to yeah. mind. Mike had a really great game against the Vikings the year before. So yeah, th- those cer- with Miami. Yeah, those certainly leave impressions uh, on Rick Spielman. They seem to be uh, at least driving forces behind some of their moves. Um, but Alex... 
for the Vikings will hopefully come in for them and have a bigger impact than Mike Wallace ever did. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, this signing, too, and and the personality style itself is something to keep an eye on. Um, But I also like the fact that they did address defense as well. They had four moves on day one, uh, bringing in two linebackers and Emmanuel Lamour, not Lemur, as the press release uh, said. And then uh, I believe Travis Lewis was the other linebacker from Detroit. They bring in veteran Michael Griffin from Tennessee at safety. Ben, were all these moves to you anyway kind of status quo? Did you expect them to do these kind of moves? I think the Michael Griffin signing with me anyway was a little surprising, seeing that you re-signed Anderson Deo to four years or, uh, $4 million for next year, and then you bring in Griffin at a maximum of $3 million. I wonder if that safety position is now kind of set moving forward. Maybe they bring in another young guy, but I don't anticipate a high draft pick. Yeah, there. well, it's not gonna, certainly not going to be Reggie Nelson. I yeah. mean, maybe a, you know, a draft pick, we'll see. I don't, I don't think it's a draft where you're going to take a safety in the first round necessarily, okay. but you know, I, I think the name everybody was looking at, they, they were in on George Iloka. Hey, this is Manny Hill from the Ride with Royce. You're listening to the Purple Podcast. Obviously, that means you like the Vikings. Well, if you're also into the Wolves, you should check out the Raised by Wolves podcast, where we talk all things Minnesota Timberwolves. Subscribe to us on iTunes and at the Podcast Center at 1500ESPN.com. They talked to Reggie Nelson's people. I think everybody kind of thought, I certainly thought, that one of those two guys might end up here. This is another way to go because it's a guy that that sort of fits that mold of he's worked with somebody in our building. We already have somebody that we know that can trust him. And in some ways, I thought Reggie Nelson was a better fit than Iloka for the same reasons that Michael Griffin makes sense in that these guys are more center field type safeties. Iloka is in, in, in the box safety. So... If you have a guy that can play a deep half or a deep third of the field and let Harrison Smith go do some of the things that he does, that might be a better fit for this defense anyway. And, you know, he's 31. You have to figure out how much he has left. He he hasn't had his best years recently, but this was a guy, you know, a few years back, and a few years back in the NFL, it comes with all sorts (laughs) of caveats, obviously, but that was a pretty good deep coverage safety and Jerry Gray has had him in the past so I think the hope is that you get him with Jerry Gray he rec- you know he rekindles a little bit of that and then you work on figuring things out from there but I like the move I like the concept of the move whether he works out specifically we'll have to see but I would expect that that's the guy when Mike Zimmer talks about getting the right kind of safety with Harrison Smith. You think that's Michael Griffin? I think a guy with those qualities is what he's talking about. Yeah, I'm interested to see how much uh, he's got left in the tank and what Jerry Gray can get out of him. Yeah. I think cause his last good years, obviously, were with Jerry, right? And now that was around the time that Michael went to age 30, 31. So there's going to be a natural decline there regardless of your coach. I just find it an interesting move uh, to me when Mike Zimmer kind of stands and makes those comments, and at least I gave him the chance at the Combine to say that the guy was on his roster, and he goes, I don't know. Then they re-sign uh, Anderson Deo to four years, $16 million. Well, but the thing with that, though, I think and, and you know it was, did only, it. it was only $2.5 million guaranteed, right? So it wasn't a major yeah. commitment. Yeah, I mean, I think it actually ended up being, I think maybe the base is all guaranteed this year, but okay. it's not a ton. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you did that. But you also did that before the market opened. So I, I wonder how much of that was kind of giving yourself an insurance policy. And we've also seen guys that are good special teams players make a little more money in this market than we've seen in the past. I think Jeff Legwald, our Broncos writer at ESPN, pointed this out the other day. He said he was talking to a couple of GMs that said, we have to remind ourselves now with this cap going up yeah. that our concept of what is – 
quote-unquote a big contract has to change because more people are going to get more money and we're going to see numbers that we think are probably a little ridiculous but this is the going rate for some of this stuff now with so much money flying around so yes it's more than he would have gotten on the open market i think but if it's an insurance policy and it's something where you still have a role for him on special teams i guess it doesn't bug me as much as it would if he's the only solution at that position. But doesn't that deal at least signal, it signals to me that they want to create competition. Yeah, I, I no read, question. I read right away somebody, uh, one of the reporters uh, locally had said, um, Michael Griffin's going to be the starter. I don't think, that, that could be agent talk, that could have been a promise made at the table in terms of signing the it contract. Could have been a haphazard guess. Exactly, exactly. So to me that doesn't say though, you're paying Anderson Dejo more money in 2016 than you are Michael Griffin. No matter how those contracts yeah. come about, you are going to be paying Sandejo more money. And so to me that's, that says competition. And I don't think they're settled on one guy or the other. And you talk they're about... They're not going to promise it to anybody in March. Exactly. I mean, and so you talk about bringing in Michael Griffin who might fit that, that style they want. From what you've heard from the coaching staff, and at least a little bit I've heard, it seems that they haven't lost faith, at least on Sandejo, being able to be that guy moving forward either. Uh, they're not going to rule that out. Yeah, I don't think they're ruling it out. I think Sandejo got to a point where they found that they could trust him with certain things, but I mean, we know it. Where he's at his best is when he's coming downhill trying to hit somebody, and you know if he if he hits somebody with his shoulders or you know whatever it happens to be he's going to hit somebody yes absolutely so and his biggest knock has always been at least in coverage where you figured the vikings wanted to upgrade right right so then that's where a guy like michael griffin feels like it fits a little bit more of what they need okay. i mean i think that's where you know when we were talking about anthony harris or anton exum is being options last year i think mm-hmm. that's what we were always kind of projecting is that these guys are should at least have the skills to be better coverage safeties than some of the guys they've had, and maybe one of them figures it out. That could still happen. Yeah, Anthony Harris, I think, showed a lot of promise yeah. right, in his first yeah. year. And, yeah, and you know, and Anton Exum, I think, showed a few things. You know, this will be kind of a, a telltale year for him. But, yeah, I, I think that was kind of what they were looking for, is getting a guy that had a little bit more wherewithal and coverage than some of the guys they've had back there. So... I mean, I don't think anything is settled, and I, I don't think they're going to promise anything, and I don't think they gave anybody the type, the type of contract that promises anything. For all the talk about competition, when you're paying Matt Khalil now a guaranteed yeah. $12 million, or $11.1 million, yeah. I guess it is, you know, $11.096, I think is what it works out to, mm-hmm. he's starting. I mean, they're not going to have a guy like that on the bench. Yeah, Money talks when, in the NFL. Especially when they need to see him. Alex Boone is going to be a starter. You don't yes. bring him in. So, yeah, John Sullivan, if he can be healthy, he will be too. You're right. I think the competition is safety. It's that right side of the offensive line. Uh, moving forward, though, Ben, the Vikings have, I believe, uh, not counting the guys they've released, but just the guys who had contracts ex- expire, I believe they've got something like 10 free agents out there right now. Of uh, their own players? Yes, of yeah. their own players. Yeah. Talking about Marcus Sherrills, Chad Greenway, guys who've been here a long time, Terrence Newman, who played very well for them last year. Uh, what's the latest you've heard on a guy like Chad Greenway, who obviously the fans and Chad would like a reunion? Yeah, I mean, they've been talking with him. I, I think there's still a lot of desire on both sides for him to be here. It does have to work out. You know, you know, I don't think Chad Greenway is the kind of guy that's going to come back. If you say, yeah, we're going to give you a million dollars and you're probably not going to even have the role that you had last year. I mean, I, I think Chad is, is a proud enough guy that he's going to say, you know what, I, you know, I, I'll probably just retire instead of that or see what other options I have. I mean, there has been some interest in him from other teams. I know that. So, you know, I, I think, I you know, I talked to him a little bit yesterday and one of the things he said is, I, yeah, I said I want to come back, but 
it does have to be the right set of circumstances. And I, I think that will happen. I, I don't, at this point in things, when a, when a contract isn't signed, there's always sort of this temptation to say, well, nothing's done. Does this mean it's not going to happen? No, I don't think it means that. I think it means that they've had other priorities. The offensive line, I think we can all see, was their top priority. They're working on a couple other things. I think he knows that. I think they're sort of um, probably assuming a little bit that, okay, when we've told him we want him back and he said he wants to be back, that we can maybe put that on the back burner. Yeah, they're not worried about days. him jumping on another contract right. I don't elsewhere. think you're sitting yeah. there saying, boy, we have to make a move – Otherwise, this worm is going to come off the hook. Yeah. We've had a good enough relationship with this player. We've said we want him back. He said he wants to be back. It's not going to cost us a ton of money. It's something we can come back and do a little bit later. I I still I don't think there's anything to worry about. Yeah. I still think he's back. I think he's back on a you know a one year deal. And then you know as we talk to him up at the uh, the Vikings Winterfest, he probably says, "Okay, um, that's it." I mean, I'm I'm going to play one last year and, and call it quits. Yeah, and that's exactly that's what he said, and that would make complete sense. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact in Chad's circumstance. Uh, the year before, it was always important to him to have a decade in Minnesota. Yep. He felt like 10, that kind of round number, having that entire career, he felt that would be great. And then I think the surprise of having an 11-win season and really feeling like you should have beaten the NFC reigning NFC yeah. champions in the playoffs. And he was healthy. And he was healthy, and having that kind of a role felt that, okay, maybe one more year and that'd be it. And I think the Vikings, I, I agree with you, I think they eventually offer him a deal he accepts and he comes back um, really to a linebacker group that they've already added to and it's yeah. pretty flush at this point. Yeah, I think it's probably the deepest group they've had you know, maybe back to like well, we thought that last year, didn't we? Yeah, With Gerald we did. Hodges and Eric Kendricks kind of in the mix. Yeah, and... we did. I think. I mean, and they obviously traded Gerald yeah. Hodges, but yeah. but I do think. I mean, when you've got more players now that at least have some experience, yeah. and I, the guys that they've signed, you know, Lamour and, and Lewis probably aren't going to be huge contributors, but they at least have had some starting experience. You're not going to be in a situation where if the first guy goes down, you're saying. Okay, let's see what Edmund Robinson can do. Yeah, our seventh round pick. Right, yeah, you're not going to yeah. be in that boat, and I would not be shocked if they still went out and drafted one. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I could see them going and saying, "Let's get either get a big guy that can eventually play in the middle, and we move Eric Kendricks outside, or we get a guy that can run around on the weak side and put him there in the future." You could do that. Have that guy learn from Chad Greenway for a year, and then come in next year and take over, kind of like what Trey Wayne's did with Terrence Newman. So let's assess, speaking of, Newman, speaking of Terrence Newman, actually I wasn't going to get into him because I'm assuming a guy like that will also make his way back because I'm assuming he's in the same boat, whereas yeah. at 38 years old he'd be next season, does he really want to start on another team or go and try to make his you know hay on another team? Let's that's talk about Terrence Newman. Not, Just go where the segue leads you. Sorry. I can ask you about Terrence Newman, Ben, since you seem eager to talk about him. Do you believe Just he'll be back? Segue, I, <laughs> I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think, like I said, same boat where the Vikings aren't too worried he's going to jump ship right away. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he said last year that he didn't want to play for anybody but Mike Zimmer. Yeah. So there you go. And I think he's probably at a point where, I mean, if he was going to go anywhere, it's probably to one of the teams that runs the what Peyton Manning called the Zimmer defense. Okay, you yeah. know Cincinnati. Yeah. I, he's probably not going to go back there. I don't think. Um, you know Miami has switched their scheme now. Yeah, and I don't know why anybody would want to go there. No, that seems like a, <laughs> a mess. But I mean, you know, it would have to be a team that's sort of running that scheme. So I mean, the Vikings still make the most sense. Mm-hmm. And you get, it's not a Zimmer disciple. You get Mike Zimmer here, and he's had the relationship. Yeah. I do think he's back. 
and this team has every allure. I mean, the new stadium opening, yes. 11 wins, being on the cusp of competing Guys, every single knows. year. Absolutely. Yes. The, it, it all makes sense for him to either be back here or retire. I think he wants to play. I think he's here for one more year. And then, you know, over the course of the season, you probably try to work Trey Waynes into the point where you can know what you have there. Yeah, I think Trey Waynes uh, should be penciled in as the week one starter, but that's just me, and that's a conversation for another day. Ben, let's get into who, who could be their biggest losses uh, from this free agent crop, the 10 guys that we're talking about. Uh, Rhett Ellison's dad goes and posts a Facebook post, uh, Ricky Ellison, basically saying that uh, we're moving on. It was this big thing that almost looks like he's got this photo of his arm around Rhett, and it looks like they're making this announcement together. And then he rescinds the post uh, and tells uh, a local paper that uh, he shouldn't have posted it. Uh, it certainly seems like the Vikings, with Red Ellison coming off a torn patellar tendon, even though he was a major contributor, fourth-round draft pick in 2012, a guy, if healthy, you would assume they would have locked up for a long time. Yeah. Um, this now muddles it completely with this torn patellar tendon, and I'm not surprised the Vikings are saying, hey, let's wait and see on this one. Yeah, because that's an injury that you're sitting there probably not knowing what you have until training camp, I mean, maybe it, a little it ends later. careers at times. Yeah, that, those Greg kinds Childs. Of yep. I mean, and that it, was two. Yeah. I mean, that was both knees, but... Greg Child's career ended because of that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it is unfortunate because he's a guy that was well-liked, a guy that oh, yeah. did a lot of little things and did a lot of little things well. Yeah. Um, I remember it, Chad Greenway, actually, at uh, it would have been uh, yeah, I remember a, you telling me this a charity event last summer. It was um, like Kyle Rudolph's camp, right? Yeah, that's what it was. And it was just standing around. A few other reporters were there as well, talking with Harrison Smith, Chad, and s somehow the conversation came up of who's the best football player on the Vikings. And yeah. Chad unequivocally said it's Red Ellison. And he was staunch. And he said, there's no there's no talk. He's the old school. He brings the, you know, the, the cliche hard hat lunch pail every day. And he does all the dirty work. And that was, that was his role for the Vikings. And yeah. really, he was very important last year in that role. Yeah. And I think... He's a guy, I mean, they had him blow the Gallarhorn before the playoff game. I mean, yeah. you can say that's ceremonial, but they did it because he's been a guy that's been important to them, and they yeah. wanted to honor him after he got hurt. So, so he'd I, be their biggest loss, right? I think if they were to yeah. part ways or if he couldn't recover and be the yeah. same player, because um, they drafted Michael Pruitt maybe to fit that kind of role, but that it takes a while to grow into the kind of player Red has. Yeah, and I think Michael Pruitt in a perfect world is a guy that's more involved in the offense yeah. over the course of time, but... I mean, this is a team that uses two tight ends a lot, as we know, and they they that's sort of their base package on offense is a is a one running back, two tight end set. I wonder if it would be if they hadn't had so many offensive line troubles. That is a fair question, yeah. and you wonder how much of that. Maybe we saw a little bit more at the end of twenty fourteen. What they want to do, where it's more three receiver stuff. Yep. You know, that'll be an interesting question to see if they get to that point. That obviously involves more uh, flexibility from the running back. And we'll have to see what the wide receiver group looks like. But yep. this is, I mean, Norv Turner's history says he likes to use two tight ends. And from what I've heard, they are looking at blocking tight ends. Mm -hmm. The the sad part of this for Red Ellison, and we see it all the time in this league, is you go from probably being in line for a contract extension to not knowing what your future is going to hold in the NFL or where it's going to be all because of one hit. I mean, it happens all the time. Yeah. These guys know what they sign up for. It's part of the deal. But you know, it, it's interesting to see it play out and go from one extreme to the other so quickly. And I, you know, I don't know that he'll be back. I, I don't know. I mean, my hunch is that they'll probably sign him to a a one year non guaranteed deal, kind of like with Phil Lodeholt. Yeah, kind and of see thing. Yeah. if he's healthy enough to to make the roster. But I think that they're going to go sign another blocking tight end. I, I know they've been talking to a few people, so 
it's certainly not going to be what it was where you would have said, okay, we're going to sign Red Ellison, we're good there, we'll move on to something else on the roster. Now it becomes something you have to take a look at. Yeah, absolutely. And the other two guys that stick out to me of the year, they're, they're free agents now who are looking elsewhere, possibly Marcus Sherrills, the longtime punt returner. Um, he's a guy who has uh, been a fan favorite on this team, and he's really contributed in a role that not many expected him to be able to do. Um, now, this is the first time, I think, actually, that they've let him test free agency. If I recall last two years ago, they, yeah, they, they signed lo- him. They locked him up before free agency yep. actually opened, and now he's actually taking a visit with the New York Jets, um, who need a punt returner, and Marcus could find, with this raised salary cap, he could find some more money elsewhere to do that job, where maybe the Vikings, as they've shown, aren't willing to use him on defense in a way he might be able to be used elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so with a guy like that, Ben, uh, I think they've got options to fill that role on the roster with the Vikings. Uh, but do you see him returning, and what are the chances of that? You know, that one's interesting to me. I had thought, I'll admit, I thought before free agency started, like, they, you know, every year, every year we, we do pro- the, we project is Marcus Sherrill's going to be gone thing, <laughs> yep. and every year it's, no. I mean, it, you know, it got to the point last year where people were asking that, and I'm like, no, he's not going to be gone. We do this every year. Mm-hmm. Mike Prefer loves him. He's a good punt returner. They, He's short. He's not. The most gifted athletically at the cornerback position, but they like the way he does things. They like the way he does things technically. He's specifically not a fit for what Mike Zimmer wants right. at corner. Correct. He's, he's just not. Yeah. Right. But he's a good punt returner. Yep. He's reliable, and they like him. I remember saying to people last year, like, he's going to be here. But I thought that would hold true another year, and they are. The fact that they're letting him test the market, I think, is telling because i i think if they were set on bringing him back there's no way he gets to the market he's a local guy his agent is local they've had a good relationship with him i think if you are set on this guy is going to be our punt returner his deal is already done that that's one of those ones where they'd lock up you know a day or two before free agency yeah and you don't worry about it anymore but you do have guys on the roster that have been punt returners Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen. Jarek McKinnon has also done it a little bit. Yep. Um, So they've got guys. Captain Munderland has done it. I don't think he would in in this roster construction, but he has done it. So you have guys that have done it, and you could always go find somebody else, whether it's a receiver or a corner that you might draft that could come into that role too. I think in a perfect world, yeah, you have somebody that, that isn't just taking up a roster spot to be a return guy. I think Adam Thielen was also groomed to be doing that yes. last year as well. So Yeah, got he a had lot a good guys. training camp doing that two years ago. I think yeah. he almost broke one for a touchdown in that in that uh, preseason opener. Basically sealed Mr. Mankato for him, if I recall. <laughs> let's not get into that, please. Well, let's, yeah, let's get into Mr. <laughs> the other one that they might be uh, uh, losing is Matt Asiata. Um, who third running back for them. Yeah. I'm sure he'd be able to get more elsewhere in terms of not only money but playing time. Uh, he carved out the niche as their third down running back, very important to them in terms of pass protection, but you wonder if Jarek McKinnon now is going to be taking those snaps moving forward, uh, just showing what he did last year with the ball in his hands. Matt Asiata, I think, is the last one when you look at the three, Red Ellison, the three that they might lose, and Red Ellison, Marcus Sherrills, and Matt Asiata. I think the other guys, I mean, Jason Trusnick, Casey Matthews, those are guys that are replaceable, that, yeah. that they can replace moving yeah, forward. nobody's going to be crying um, over those guys too much. No, so Matt Asiata is the other one who's uh, contributed to them as that short yardage back before, uh, but I think those waters might be parting for him. I do too. Um, I think the fact that 
he was a guy that had ten touchdowns the year before, and then goes to I forgot about that. Yeah, actually. I mean, he, that's right. He ended up he had like two, three touchdown games. Yeah, he they? did because yeah. he was so good <laughs> on the goal line that year. He was just I mean that yeah. when they needed him to punch it in from a yard out, the ultimate vulture, <laughs> right? But <laughs> he wasn't going to get those carries with Adrian Peterson on the roster, and he probably shouldn't. He was a pass protection specialist, essentially right. last and, year. And you're sitting there saying, okay, if Jarek McKinnon's going to have a bigger role. I mean, he's an older guy than people realize. I think he's 28 or 29. That's a good point. So yep. if you're a running back, you're saying, I have one crack at this to be you know, a more involved part of an offense and make a little bit more money. i got to take it now. And I, I don't think that the Vikings were going to go out and spend to keep him when you're already paying more at the running back position than anybody else in the league. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, a guy like Matt Asiata, too, might benefit from a running back market that wasn't too shabby for some guys, yeah. some of the top-end guys. Yeah. talking about Lamar Miller, Doug Martin, guys like that. Uh, so the ceiling wasn't set too low for him, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him go. Now, the Vikings have established themselves uh, really as a what seems to be a perennial uh, contending team in this division. They stole away uh, the division from the Packers last year after four straight championships for Green Bay. And now, as the Vikings make moves, the Packers and Ted Thompson stand pat, as they have done always. Uh, Ben, it really does... You look at this approach for the Vikings and Rick Spielman, and you think, okay, he might have borrowed some of what he wants to do from Ted Thompson in terms of addressing the draft, uh, building through the draft, extending your own guys, keeping your talent in-house, all those things. Even the way they structure contracts, I see a little bit of the Packers. The pay-as-you-go thing is very Packers-esque. Absolutely. And and the other where this kind of splits, where the fork in the road at least comes, is the Vikings are at least willing to sign somebody in free agency. Yeah. They're at least willing to make some kind of move. Two years ago, they bring in Linval Joseph, Captain Munnerlin. Uh Last year was pretty quiet, uh, but this year they bring in a guy like Alex Boone. Uh, really, it was uncharacteristic for the Vikings in the four, I believe it would have been 12, 13, 14. Yeah, four years that Rick Spielman has been full control of general manager. Mm-hmm. They have not extended to my count one multi-year contract to a free agent offensive lineman this was the first one in alex boone you're right charlie yes. johnson in 2011 would have been the last one yep and so they did something they met they met a great season uh in the weakest position group on this team with urgency and they decided to bring somebody in and i think you have to credit rick spielman for doing that at least now on a move that looks like it makes sense and will work uh, what are the Packers doing? Um, they they seem to be a team that needed a lot of help at wide receivers, so understandably the wide receiver market sucks in free agency, so right. they're probably not going to address that. Um, but they certainly seem like a team that could use help in different areas. Running back was one of them. They were linked to Matt Forte, correct? Yes. And so now you see these teams with the Vikings and Packers, and at least this time in March, uh, the Vikings, I believe, might have taken at least and a did step Did you hear on. what Danny Trevathan said yesterday on NFL Network? No, the linebacker who just signed with, with the Bears. With the, okay, no, I yeah, didn't. Yeah, Broncos linebacker so he's on nfl network james jones was co-hosting james asks him did the packers contact you at all and he said no they didn't i wish they would have oh wow but they didn't and they they need an inside linebacker trevathan is tight with randall cobb they played together in college he's like i mean he basically said like yeah i would have considered going there and this is a team that needs an inside linebacker he's not an old player (laughs) he's coming from a championship defense he's a good player like and they just that's not in their wheelhouse to do it. The difference between them and the Vikings, I think, is that now I will I will admit the Packers have done this long enough and they've been in the playoffs long enough that they have a right to look at their approach and say, we've won a Super Bowl, we've been in the playoffs, I think, 
since 09, so seven years in a row now. Um, one fourth straight division title still last year. Came within an epic meltdown of going to another Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. they they have a lot of success to say that our approach works. We're going to trust it. But there's also sort of a, a mentality with them of, well, this is what we always do, and we're not going to deviate from that even when there's chances to do it that make sense. And the interesting thing with them is, when they have decided to go out in free agency, it's mostly worked. I mean, when they went and signed Charles Woodson. Oh, absolutely. Back when um, Ryan Pickett, Julius Peppers. Julius. Yep, yep. I mean, those those moves have mostly worked when they've decided to do it. Mm-hmm. The Vikings, the approach is, is generally pretty similar. It's we're going to sign our own guys. We're going to develop in the draft. We're going to keep ourselves out of cap purgatory. If they're going to overpay anybody, it's going to be their own people. Yes, yeah. yes. And – they also have a better cap situation to go after guys because they're not paying their quarterback $22 million a year right now. But the difference I see is that the Vikings were 11-5. and They're on the way up. They are not saying, we have a good young core. We're going to be better as these guys develop. Let's just roll with it. They're saying, we have issues. We want to win a Super Bowl now or at least be in a position to go deeper in the playoffs now. Let's go after it and try to make some moves to get our roster over the hump when we can. Because we can talk about these six- or seven-year windows in the NFL. The reality is most of them aren't that long. No. and You especially, have to be more aggressive in a lot of cases than, than than some teams are. Yeah, especially, too, when the Vikings are an interesting mix of young talent and uh, some veterans who are yeah. maybe at the edge of their prime or getting over it. Adrian Peterson, I would say, is over it uh, at, these, at this point, at least entering his age yeah, 31 I, season. He's not peak Adrian Peterson anymore. No, and you can say that. And you've got other guys, too, that are aging uh, that you want to try and take advantage of their window. Who knows how long the window's open for a guy like Captain Marlin, Linval Joseph. I mean, guys like that who are the guys you brought in Never in their Griffin's primes. 28. Exactly. Or will be 28. Uh, Actually, will be maybe 29. Yes, I don't, I don't know Late his exact 20s. age. But drafted in 2010, so obviously entering his seventh season. Um, so they've got guys that they have to capitalize on with that, and I think you have to credit the Vikings for making moves to win now, even though they do have a window that's perceived to be a lot wider with a quarterback, uh, and Teddy Bridgewater is only entering his third year. Yeah, and, th- and that, that part of it always makes the difference in yeah. the sense that they are where, and I think we talked about it last week, they are where the Seahawks have been in the sense that they are not paying a lot for their quarterback position. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely a luxury in the NFL in this day and age. When the mediocre (laughs) guys are getting $100 million deals. Yes, when Brock Osweiler, who started half a season, (laughs) is getting what he got. Teddy Bridgewater, Uh, say what you want about him, but on the open market right now, he's worth, what, $15 million a year, probably? Which is crazy, but you're absolutely right. Because he has more, I mean, Brock Osweiler had 10 career touchdown passes. Yes. 10. And he got $6.5 million per career touchdown pass. Yes, he did. Which is absolutely ridiculous. I understand it. I get it. That's where the market is. And with the raised salary cap, the uh, premium on quarterbacks, and really the state of quarterback play in the NFL in Mm -hmm. general not being that great. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's what you have to do. I mean, it's weird that when you have a young quarterback, it's almost kind of backwards, but you're in this sort of win now, get our quarterback on the field. Before we have to pay him. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, it's it's fascinating. I mean, that's been the the case with the Colts. It's been the case with the Seahawks. The Seahawks, yeah. Um, You know, even the Bengals probably to some extent with Andy Dalton. I mean, they've been good. That's a little bit of a different boat. But some of these teams that have won. Miami with Tannehill. Right. Some of these teams that have won – have been able to do it because they've had the money to go pay other players because mm-hmm. they're not paying their quarterback. So 
the Vikings have a window right now to be aggressive because they're not paying Teddy Bridgewater and they have a team that can win, that almost kind of works backwards because you're saying, all right, we've got a young quarterback. We're going to be good for a while, but he's not going to be cheap forever. So let's go do something now with it. I, and In general, the approach like we're talking about from a 30,000-foot level is pretty similar to the Packers. There are some different gradations in there, though, that I, I, I like what the Vikings do better because they they are sitting there saying, okay, we're 11-5. and five. Let's see if we can put this thing over the top. I mean, yes, you want to be good every year, but I think if you ask most fan bases in the NFL, if you can have one Super Bowl or a series of playoff appearances, which then also mean a series of playoff losses that you're going to be able to chew on forever, they're going to take the Super Bowl. Absolutely. I, I think I would agree with you there. Especially this fan base. I mean, yes. Um, now, you wonder, too, with a team like the Packers, how much they just lean on the fact that they uh, have two great quarterbacks that have carried them at least a little bit over time. Yes. Uh, where other most teams do not have that uh, luxury. Before we end, speaking of not having a quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Johnny Manziel was officially released this morning, Friday morning, by the Cleveland Browns. That is something that the Vikings could have been dragging themselves through had one fateful day in 2014 gone a different way. Oh. Uh, it didn't. It went the Vikings' way in the sense uh, that they don't have Teddy Bridgewater. It really went 31 other teams' way and that and they all don't the have Johnny And the beat writers Manziel. to cover the Vikings, it went our way too. Yes, and so I'm Let's sure actually that part. I'm sure the Browns' beat writers actually might be holding some kind of a celebration today. It's in, very possible. And the fact that they don't have to uh, have TMZ on a loop wondering when Johnny Manziel is going to make the next headline. Uh, he's been released. Um, that's not a shock, I think, to anybody. Really, the Browns, I think, just seem to be cleaning house and letting everybody go. Uh, really, yeah. the first guy they should have let go was Johnny Manziel, but he ends up being like They're the fifth. that thing down to the studs. He ends up being the fifth or sixth starter that uh, ends up walking out the door. I just think... What team is going to give Johnny Manziel the chance? I think the Dallas Cowboys are a very, very, very interesting one as long as Jerry Jones is still running that building. Um, you look at certain quarterback needy teams that don't mind publicity. Um, trying to think of a couple right now that are super quarterback needy. Maybe Buffalo? San Francisco could be if they trade Kaepernick. Wow. Chip Kelly? Can you imagine Chip Kelly and Johnny Manziel? That's interesting. I mean, that would be a wild ride, but that is interesting. Johnny Manziel in San Francisco could be a wild ride, too. You're right, and I didn't even think of the New Age Dysfunction City, which absolutely is San Francisco with the NFL. I didn't even think about that. That that could very well be. Uh, yeah, you got Dallas, San Fran, Buffalo. He's going to get a shot. This Put is in L.A. I, I don't think this is going to be like Tim That's Tebow. That's a idea. I don't think it's going to be like Tim Tebow, who it's completely unfair to compare the two because Tebow has not gotten himself in any trouble. Um, but I don't think Johnny Manziel will be blackballed by the NFL, do you? No, probably, well, probably not. But the thing in the NFL, and this is where him and Tebow are the same, is that whether it's because you are a party animal mm -hmm. or whether it's because you draw a lot of attention for talking about how much you love Jesus, there is sort of this thing in the NFL of your level of how much you're a distraction means the bar for how good you have to be is that much higher. I'm not saying that those two things should be a distraction in the same sense at all. But you're completely right. It, They're viewed in the same sense. Yes, they are, and I'm not saying that that's how it should be mm -hmm. whatsoever. But in the NFL mindset of anything we're talking about other than football is a quote-unquote distraction, this is sort of, you know, to bring up another lightning rod, this is sort of what Chris Cluey's point was, is that yeah. if you are a distraction as the NFL terms it to be, you have to be that much better to keep your job. Like Michael Sam, you saw it with exactly. him. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that, if you bring 
media attention for things other than football, you have to be really, really good to keep your job because they can say, okay, if we go get somebody else that's cheaper, that can do the job just as well as you can, that doesn't come with what we perceive to be a headache, and we roll our eyes about this. I mean, there's a lot of things that NFL teams worry about that aren't the right things to be worrying about. These are things that don't necessarily prevent you from winning games. Mm-hmm. At least I don't think they do. But Well, the New England Patriots have one of the number one distractions in Rob Gronkowski, but it doesn't bother them all yeah, too well, much. Yeah, well, Deflategate. I mean, look at that. Yeah, I mean, well, they, they're able to recover. Yeah. yeah I mean, it helps that Rob that. is one of the top tight ends ever. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Panthers don't seem like a team that's afraid of making headlines. I mean, Josh they certainly Norman, weren't yeah. afraid of that. The Seahawks have had some colorful personalities. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch. You know, Richard Sherman certainly was a distraction going into the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the conver- all the controversy about him and Aaron Andrews before they won that Super Bowl. Yep. Those things don't necessarily have to mean that you can't win. But this is how the NFL works. I'm not saying that this is the right way. I'm just saying this is what it is and that if you are a distraction, mm-hmm. as they term the the word distraction to be, you have to be really good. Absolutely, so, and that's where you wonder, is yes. there enough unknown with Johnny Manziel to say, okay, we've seen this kid play quarterback at a, at a fairly high level um, in college. Yeah, we haven't seen it in the NFL. No, can he come in and, and put his head on straight in the NFL? I wonder if it's going to be one of those things where he has to take a year off to prove to teams that his life is in the right place, yeah. or if it's just going to take until August and somebody's quarterback goes down, and here comes Johnny Manziel, the ultimate distraction and savior. Yeah, I, I sort of hope for his sake that he does – Get his life in order first. Honestly, I yeah, mean, you're right. That that's more important yeah. than, than football stuff. But but I mean, the Cowboys one is the one we all bring up, and it's interesting. We sort of still have this idea of Jerry Jones as this like crazy grandpa that's just <laughs> running around pinching <laughs> with a, girls, with a checkbook, just yeah, throwing them everywhere, throwing things around. Yeah. <laughs> and he hasn't really done that that much. But I will say, if you remember that story that Don Van Natta did for ESPN, that big profile with Jerry Jones where the Peterson stuff came out about oh. him talking to Peterson about playing for the Cowboys. Yep. The other big takeaway from that story is how badly he wanted Johnny Manziel and how he almost made the call to draft Manziel that night instead of holding off. And I don't even remember what it was that they would have done. Maybe Zach Martin. Or, uh, Zach Martin like would have been their top pick there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but maybe it was trading up with Cle- I think the way it Cleveland been did. That, something something like that. Something to that effect. But there was something in that story where I remember him talking about how man, I, I really want him. I want him to be mm-hmm. a cowboy. I love what he's about. We're going to need a quarterback in a couple of years anyway, maybe sooner with Tony Romo's health. But he did say at the time how badly he wanted Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Will he go there now that there's been some, some mud on Johnny Manziel's nose? Maybe not, but it is an interesting possibility. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I want to thank you guys for checking out another episode of the Purple Podcast. Please check back to 1500ESPN.com for more and download us on Podcast One, the app, and PodcastOne.com, as well as iTunes. Thanks again. How long does it take to tackle a home project? With Angie, you could cross it off your list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need. Indoor or outdoor, repair or redesign, and we handle the rest sending a top pro to get it done you don't have to lift a finger except to tap the screen or click the mouse plus angie is free to use so bring us your next home project and we'll bring it home download the app or go to angie.com that's angi.com to get started 95 percent of uber eats orders are on time which is great because when i want my spicy shrimp pad thai i want it on time because baby there's no time like the present 
especially when it's Pad Thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months zero dollar delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. On time, Pad Thai, baby. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto renew at nine ninety nine each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimums apply.